You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out our Tuesday episode with Mike Murphy. A lot of great stuff in there, including a rundown of what counties you should look for in Florida and Ohio uh, early on to, to see uh, who's winning. It's four days till Election Day. Alex, what do you got? The biggest news, obviously, is we're kind of rampaging toward Election Day, is that these polls just aren't moving. We show a 12-point margin here for Joe Biden, 54% for Joe Biden, 42% for Donald Trump, among likely voters nationally. In Michigan, 51-42 Biden. Wisconsin, 51-44 Biden. Pennsylvania, 51-44 Biden. Not only is Biden leading by a pretty healthy margin, but again, he's above 50. Joe Biden ahead in Pennsylvania. Ahead, still big in Michigan. Losing in Texas, but in play, competitive. In play in Georgia, maybe a narrow Biden lead. In play in Florida, maybe a narrow Biden lead, but very competitive. The battleground states look good for Biden at this point. So, Joe, it looks really promising. Obviously, that CNN poll had Biden up, I think, 12. Yeah, well, you said they're not moving. They are moving. <laughs> they're, they're growing. No, for, I guess they're, they're moving for Biden. They're yeah. moving for Biden. Uh, look, I, I've been saying this since July, that uh, this looked to me like it could be 1980. And that seems to be, when we look at these polls, I mean, you see Biden up uh, 54-42 in, in that CNN poll. Um you know, uh, up 11 points with seniors and uh, with people who don't like either candidate, they're they're going 55, 44 for Biden. Uh, so you see this and, you know, it, if Biden's up 12 uh, in the CNN poll, it's not a change from places uh, from, six, you know, 2016 in places like California, New York or Washington, D.C., where where Hillary was, you know, capped way up there over over Trump in those places. Uh, Biden surely can't grow 12 more points above her there. Uh, uh, probably maybe a point or two. Uh, and so it's got to be that the numbers are moving in places like Ohio, Georgia, Texas, uh, it, you know, Alabama. It, it, you know, Biden's uh, uh, support in Alabama is much stronger than Hillary's. Uh, you know, Trump's support there, and you've seen this in our stuff. Uh, you know, it, it looks like Biden's going to cut uh, the lead Trump had over Hillary, uh, 28 points uh, in 2016, cut that in half. So if he's, if he's lost half his lead in places like Alabama, if Biden can't grow 
his support uh, significantly in places like California, New York, D.C. Guess what? It's got to be coming from red states and from a lot of these marginal battleground states like Ohio, Georgia, Texas. And we've seen that. I mean, we saw that uh, Georgia poll uh, where Biden's gone up five point, uh, gone to a five point lead there. Pretty significant stuff and taking a lead uh, in the latest poll in Ohio as well. Especially given that he's got Biden's ahead, not just in the polls, obviously got the money, got the surrogates, got, and as we look at, start looking at these maps, which we'll include in the show notes, he has a ton of paths to 270. At this point, as you're starting to see more and more outside groups, I know uh, Mike Murphy said they were spending like $10 million in Florida. Bloomberg announced more and more money in Ohio and Texas. What kind of impact are you starting to see those outside groups have this last week? Well, they're all going to have an impact to some extent. I mean, one, Biden already has. He's outspending uh, uh, Trump in Florida, something like three or four to one there. Uh, You know, in Ohio, where he's taken a five point lead, at least in the latest poll, certainly uh, the Bloomberg uh, money going in there uh, can help. Uh, And again, it's not just the the money, but uh, the fact that, as you pointed out, Biden has, you know, far superior uh, surrogates uh, and many more of them than 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 Trump does. Uh, So, look, you know, Bloomberg going into Florida, going into Ohio, now going into Texas. uh, People like Mike Murphy uh, and Republicans against Trump rolling into Florida with more money. uh, That's all, you know, just that much more advantage. It, It just shows the problem that that Trump has because whatever money he does have and the, and the Republicans have total, he's spread way too thin. Uh, uh, you know, when, again, when we see him traveling to places like Nebraska and Maine just to pick up one electoral vote in each place, it just tells you how this map continues to shrink and why it's expanding. I mean, look, you look at uh, the last report I saw showed that the that Trump and all the Republican committees have maybe $40 million to spend this week in these last days. The Biden campaign and the Democratic committees and uh, committees that support him, and that doesn't include Bloomberg, um, Lincoln Project, uh, uh, Republicans against uh, Trump campaign, all those things. They just just Biden and the party committees add up to $100 million. So right there, he's already almost three to one uh, spending advantage. You add these other groups in, it's a massive advantage plus the surrogate. So, and the lead is growing. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, again, I've been saying it since July uh, that, you know, I, actually I was saying it before that, but uh, but July was the last, uh, the earliest time I think we've got audio of it, which hopefully we may, maybe we'll play some of that next week. But um, but right now, yeah, it looks it, this look, is looking a lot like 1980 to me. So let, let's talk more about your map, Joe, which, again, it'll be in the show notes. But on your 270 win map, uh, you really only have two and, and one, two battlegrounds left, right? Yeah, I, I think Iowa and, and Texas are true. Obviously, Texas is a is a outlier, you know, battleground state. Could could we pull it off uh, if this wave is, is you know? keeps continuing to grow. Yeah, I think it's possible, but that's, uh, I don't know if I quite put, I have it still as a toss up, but you know, we'll see. Uh, Iowa's a toss up. I think a lot of these other states are just solidified. I mean, obviously, you know, Michigan and Wisconsin have, I think, 
it's clear to me that Pennsylvania, while it may be closer than those two, is pretty solid right now, uh, particularly as you look at early voting and some of the other things. There's a, The only reason I even have it as a, a lean um, is because of the naked ballot kind of issues that, that, that may, may pop up in Pennsylvania. Uh, but look, I think Ohio is definitely starting to be a lean um, uh, Biden state. Uh, Arizona, it's closer than all the rest. But again, I think, uh, uh, you know, I have it still as a lean. But when you look at, you know, you look at it and I, I think there are pretty clearly, you know, nearly 300 electoral votes already solidly uh, in the Biden uh, corner. Uh, and that's a problem for Trump. He's got to get one of those solid places away from Biden, let alone all the liens that I have on my map. Uh, uh, so, you know, is it possible for him? I don't I just don't see it. But, yeah, I think it's going to be it could be well approaching 400 electoral votes if this continues. So why do you why do you put Ohio where there's still some polling showing Trump ahead a little bit? and not Iowa in the lean Dem category? Well, two things. One is, I think, look, Ohio's, you know, you look at the states around Ohio, like, you know, Michigan and Pennsylvania. I mean, you look at a lot of the demographics, uh, the economy, those kinds of things. And I think, you know, Ohio's much more like Michigan and Pennsylvania uh, than Iowa is uh, for for obvious reasons. Uh, Both... uh, uh, Ohio, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, when you look at it, uh, Michigan, again, have, you know, big cities, uh, suburbs, uh, and a higher proportion of uh, minority voters, uh, than, certainly than Iowa does, uh, which is a group, obviously, that, that Biden does quite well with. So he doesn't have quite that uh, advantage. And there aren't as many suburbs and, and places like that. Uh, in Iowa, certainly Polk County, um, the Des Moines area, there are, and, and there are other other uh, cities, but it's just not uh, the same demographic makeup as a lot of the other Midwestern states like Michigan and, and uh, uh, Pennsylvania. I, I will say, though, Ohio is also surrounded by three of the redder, if not reddest, states in West Virginia, Kentucky, and Indiana, but you're saying basically the population just isn't there. Uh, well, no, look, this su- you know, the southern portion of Ohio is, you know, basically a, 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 an extension of Kentucky. Uh, uh, that's there. You don't have that in Iowa. But again, I think, you know, Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, you know, you have a lot more uh, places where, first of all, there are more mini- minority voters where Biden does incredibly well. And then on top of that, you have suburbs, uh, something we see in Alabama. It's one of the reasons uh, uh, it's a little bit easier in Alabama than, let's say, Mississippi. Mississippi doesn't have the the kind of sub- suburbs. Uh, it only really has, you know, uh, Jackson, um, whereas, you know, Alabama has Birmingham, Mobile, Montgomery, uh, Huntsville and the bur- suburbs around them, and there's a lot. We saw this in 19, uh, excuse me, 2017. Uh, we're probably the first campaign because we were right after the 2016 election, where we saw suburban Republican women starting to look across the aisle and, and vote for somebody like like uh, Doug Jones. I think a lot of that is happening 
uh, for Biden in places like Ohio um, that just weren't there for Hillary in, in 2016. So as is now tradition on this show, we're going to break a little bit of news. This is a pre-break. So by the time people hear this, Texas will have exceeded their entire 2016 turnout. And we're now we're recording this Thursday. You'll hear it on a Friday. So we still have the whole weekend to go. Right now, they're at 95%. Tomorrow morning, they'll almost certainly be ahead. What does your gut tell you about Texas, Joe? Lots of energy, uh, strong Democratic uh, campaigns on the ground there in House races and state house races. This is that that's one of the reasons I think there is a chance. And it's one of the reasons I still have it as a toss up. Uh, it's it's by far the biggest you know reach uh, for Biden to pull out. But again, I think uh, his the amount of money that he's putting in, the amount of time they're starting to put in there, uh, it, even if he falls short, I think it's going to help carry those House races. There's plenty of them uh, that are up for grabs in Texas right now uh, that are true battleground congressional races. And then on top of that, the State House, which has a first, you know, for the first time in in a long, long time, there are enough seats that look like Democrats could pick them up that that Democrats would actually have the State House, uh, which is, you know, just that would just in itself uh, be a, a major victory for Democrats. So, uh, again, I think that's one of the reasons probably Bloomberg is putting uh, an effort in there along with Biden. Um, and and again, to the extent Trump has to even defend the place uh, and and spend any time or money there, that's that's a, 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 a you know, that keeps him out of Ohio and, and some of these other places. So in the end, I think this is going to continue to expand. The map is clearly expanding uh, for Biden, shrinking uh, for Trump. And again, the best evidence of that is him going to Nebraska and Maine. Uh, this is that means he needs those two to get to 270. Even if he can carry every one of these, you know, a lot of these uh, lean states that I, I'm, I'm, uh, I think are going to go Biden. Right. I mean, looking at the map, it's tough. But if you if you read out the list of what basically his only path and his travel is indicating, it's that one district in Maine, it's that one district in Nebraska, it's Iowa, Texas, Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida, and, and oh, and Arizona. Yeah. That, yeah, well, good, saying those good out luck. loud, yeah, right. Good yeah, luck. Good, good, good luck with that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I you know, look, he can win some of those, uh, and we. That's why I don't let up, everybody. You know, if you're if you can volunteer for the Biden campaign to text message into those states, uh, if you're outside of them, uh, anything you can do to help to get to get to make this happen, to make it real, uh, to make it make it the actual outcome on election day. Um, Particularly if Florida and Ohio go early, that helps snuff out any games that the Trump folks may be trying to play on election night, you know, declaring victory early and all that garbage. Uh, but it, yeah, the, the way to avoid any of the the games that the, the Trump campaign and President Trump uh, is likely to pull is big victories everywhere and early victories, hopefully, in Florida and Ohio. So, Joe, I know we got into it a little bit already with, with travel, but you, you said another thing you said pretty consistently is that we should all be looking at the candidates' travel schedules and, and, and kind of 
guess what they think their path is from there. Here's some clues. You can hear campaigns tell you where they're focused or you can watch where they go. Joe Biden, he's decided to go to Georgia this week. That's a bit surprising to me, to be honest. I thought they'd be sticking to the core four or five states they know they have to win. Georgia's a state they say they don't need. But is he really going to spend part of this last week there? But you see the president retracing his 2016 map because at the moment he's losing in many of the states that propelled him to victory four years ago. There's a reason Joe Biden can go to Georgia. Joe Biden can go to Texas. Joe Biden can go to Iowa. Joe Biden can go to Florida. He's trying to stretch the map. So I know Joe Biden is not doing a ton of traveling these last few days. I think today he's in Iowa and Wisconsin, and he's only been to Georgia, Pennsylvania, North Carolina since that last debate. Meanwhile, uh, Trump is getting all kinds of miles on Air Force One, constantly multiple rallies a day. I think he's been in, he was in Nebraska. There was a debacle of a rally last night, left a bunch of people out in the cold. He was in Maine. Uh, and so what does all this tell you? Just how desperately bad it's going for for trump i mean you you know look at i joked that if he went to maine uh that he would go to maine actually uh to get that one electoral vote uh but that if he did it would be you know just horrible news for for uh senator collins uh she couldn't the best thing that happened to her was having to be in washington for the scotus vote so she didn't have to be on stage with him or 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 have to deal with not being there and everybody talking about that. Uh, but it, you know, it, it just shows how like he, he needs that one electoral vote and, um, and he, you know, and he, and then the Nebraska mess, I mean, with all those people, uh, you know, they couldn't even get them get buses to, to get them back to their, their cars. And some ended up going to the hospital, but you know, he's, he'll do that to get the one electoral vote to try to get the one electoral vote there. That, that may have all backfired on him. I'm sure the local press in Nebraska can't be great. Um, uh, but again, you know, he's doing three, rally his three rallies that he's doing in pennsylvania saturday he knows it's his last stand there he has to uh look when you rattle off those states the one state that is the pinnacle of that strategy for him has to be pennsylvania he loses pennsylvania it's over that means the blue wall stood michigan wisconsin pennsylvania in a lot of ways that's all uh biden needs is to pick up those three states and all the states that that hillary won and it's it's essentially over for him and so he's going to have to do everything he can there uh you know that's the significant thing here is that uh you know biden can take he because he has all these other surrogates you know you have obama going to miami you have you know obama went to philly he's just can have other people with star power, uh, uh, pick up some of the slack as he goes to places like Texas and Georgia. And of course, Kamala. I mean, look, you got to ask yourself, does Mike Pence really do much in terms of, you know, getting any attention or rallying any support for the president? I I just don't think so. Um, His wife, Karen, um, I'm sure, uh, is probably out there, but does anybody know it? And is anybody covering it? Uh, whereas you've got Kamala, you've got uh, Obama, you have uh, Jill. You, I mean, he, he's just got, and you've got people like John Kasich and others out there 
uh, that, that may be just helping in Ohio, but that's, hey, you win Ohio, that's a big deal. And then you've got Bloomberg and other people's uh, people uh, waging campaigns on his behalf, uh, Mike Murphy and others uh, going into Florida. So, yeah, I think this is just, you watch their travel, uh, you see how spread thin Trump's it. That's all he's got. So he's got to be skip. He's got to do three rallies and, you know, in one in Pennsylvania where he's not anywhere else on Saturday, whereas the, the Biden campaign, they could be in four or five different states on, on on Saturday if they want to. Biden in one, Jill in one, Kamala in one, Obama somewhere. Uh, uh, and they have, like I said, uh, you know, crossover uh, surrogates like like John Kasich. Uh, who, who, like I said, may not be out there every single day, but even if he's just talk, doing talk radio in Ohio, that, that helps helps right. the Biden campaign. Well, you know, one thing that we saw on Twitter this week was the potential of these Trump rallies actually backfiring, especially he's going to a place like Wisconsin, having a bunch of people packed in in a place that's having probably the worst COVID outbreak right now in, in the country. Yeah, well, there's a reason that, that polls showed uh, Biden up 17 points. Uh, you, again, Nebraska, you, you know, where you, you go in, he has this rally. Uh, people not only exposed, you know, getting all those people, you know, ex- exposed and not uh, social distancing and things, but then also, uh, you know, seniors going to the hospital because they were freezing in the cold. I mean, none of this is, it's just the worst possible kind of environment uh, for Trump to be trying to do these rallies. Well, and more importantly, I think it's finally it's finally sinking in and that it's coming for their football too. In in Wisconsin, Nebraska yeah. had a big game this weekend that just got called off due to COVID. Yeah, I mean, the, the, all kinds of things. You, you, you're holding a big rally in Wisconsin, but the, the football game's been canceled because of COVID, but you're not taking it seriously still. Uh, I just think it keeps... The one thing he did not want on everybody's mind going into the final week was COVID, and he can't he can't get away from it. His own rallies draw attention to it. Our next show will be on Election Day. My question for this one for you, Joe, is will we get any answers on Election Night this year? It's an interesting question on the timing of all this. Florida reports out its vote, tends to report out its vote very quickly. We could be getting an answer from Florida the night of the election. But other states, we could be getting that kind of a readout from North Carolina, 730, Ohio, also Georgia. Are you expecting a result on election night? Will we know who the next president is? I'm going to give you a solid maybe. (laughs) Solid maybe. That's what I was expecting. (laughs) What are you expecting to happen on Tuesday night? Not necessarily in terms of the result. I think we covered that, but more in terms of what we'll know and when. Yeah, I, look, I don't, I don't agree with any of that at all. Uh, I, I, I think we'll know. Uh, put it this way: I think we'll know really quickly if this is uh, a 1980 kind of scenario. And the first two places I'm looking uh, are Florida, uh, as soon as their polls close, and then Ohio. Uh, at 7:30, uh, they both report pretty quickly. Uh, Mike Murphy uh, gave everybody uh, the four or five counties that you need to look at uh, in those states. In the last uh, uh, podcast that we had on Tuesday, I think everybody should go listen to that if you want to, you know, tee up uh, uh, his cheat sheet on the counties you should be looking at. But look, here's what's going to happen: the, the news organizations they have exit polls. Uh, 
um, and and they also have sort of key precinct early numbers that they'll look at. And so, like in a place like Florida, they'll have an exit poll that will tell them um, that you know where the, where they think the race is. And look, if 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 they've had exit polls that say Florida's a one point race, they're not going to call it. No way. Um, they'll wait until they get early numbers from key precincts. They'll be watching it. They have in their computer, you know, a whole list of key precincts and looking at early returns from those. Uh, on the other hand, if it's like, you know, a five-point race there, six-point race there, and that's what the exits show, they'll still wait for those early uh, precinct key precinct numbers. But as soon as they have them, they'll start calling states where they have both exit polls that show a lead, and and early returns that are confirming it. Uh, they they're not going to make calls unless they're sure. Uh, none of them want to be wrong. And the, you know, like the last time there was a call reversed uh, was in the presidential race in 2000, and that was in Florida, where it turned out it was you know a few hundred votes, uh, and we had the problems with the with the uh, butterfly ballot. Uh, uh, but you know, this time. I think, you know, Florida might be that close, but uh, if you see, you know, Florida, when you're, when I'm looking, I'm looking at those four counties, uh, Duval, uh, Hernando, Miami-Dade for sure, uh, and there's one other that I'm just having a problem recalling right now, uh, but it's it's in our last podcast. But I'm looking at those four. Uh, I'm looking at Stark County in Ohio. Uh, what do those returns show? And it's it's really simple. Is Trump performing as well as he did in 2016? If he's if he's underperforming in Florida, it's very likely this is going to be an early evening. Um, and so it's it's really looking at those kinds of things that I'm looking for. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see. But there are plenty of states. You know, Arizona allows votes uh, bail votes to be counted early. Uh, so we could know when their polls close uh, what those ballots look like. Uh, you know, North Carolina says that 95 percent of the votes will be in by Tuesday night. Uh, again, that's another early uh, close that we might see things. Uh, you know, there those are the key states. Uh, if Trump loses any of them, it'll be hard for him to declare declare victory Tuesday night. Uh and the way news desks make their calls, it's based on those mex- on those exit polls and early results. So if they're calling these states and Trump is running out there saying, no, 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 I won. I just, you know, th- th- I think all that's going to happen is every 10 or 15 minutes, NBC, CBS, ABC, uh, the New York Times, AP, which is kind of the gold standard or has been for uh, a, a lot of news organizations, other news organizations, won't call a state unless AP's called it. Uh, so we'll see. But I think uh, that we, I, I actually think we're going to know before we, we go to bed uh, late uh, late Tuesday night. Uh, but we're not going to know everything 100% for sure. But I think uh, we're going to see that uh, Biden is good shape or not. I think that last county, and this is where it's great having producer, it was Pinellas County. Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's right. That's yeah. right. I think one more time you need to say something to everyone out there who's still worried because we are still the party of warriors. What do you think? Look, it's it's good to be worried because, 
it means that, uh, you, you know, but do something with the worry, you know, take some action, volunteer, send texts. Uh, this is a critical uh, uh, weekend. But in the end, uh, and, and like I keep stressing this, you can't steal, you can, you can steal or suppress or maneuver your way around a, a one point race or a two point race. Uh, that's possible, but you can't, if a state's going down by six points, seven points, you can't. You can maybe do a one-point difference. You know, you can lose 38,000 ballots. It's a lot harder to lose 500,000 of them. So, yeah, get out there. If you're worried, do something with the worry. Uh, you know, uh, get your friends to vote, send text messages, uh, volunteer the Biden campaign, do what they need you to do. Uh, take some, you know, take some deliberative action. Make sure you're voting. Your friends are voting. Start again. I keep saying this, but have some conversations with an old Republican friend that you talk, you stop talking to. Um, uh, start reaching out to them. Uh, uh, we have to come together as a country. And if we can pull some of them over right now, and they have to be wavering. Um, maybe they'll come with us. The other thing, though, that I wanted to say is, look, you know, there are a lot of people uh, in the, in, you know, that, that count these ballots and are, are real public servants who are not just going to go along with some scam um, that the, uh, the governor of their state or somebody wants to try to pull, uh, you, you know. And I think you know you see signs of that every day. Postal workers are gonna get the ballots there, uh, even if their supervisor is slow walking them. There are a lot of postal workers that are gonna do what needs to be done. I think it's the same with counting ballots and and, and things like that. You just don't see it. You know, Trump can put his sycophant, um, you know, folks who will do every illegal crazy thing in his cabinet uh, and maybe even in, you know, assistant secretary positions. But as you get deeper down, you get to more and more people who who don't serve either party and are going to make sure or and scream if something is going on. And again, even that worry only is is something that happens when we have a close election like 2016, where, yeah, 11,000 votes matter if you lose the ballots. But, you know, again, if you're winning Wisconsin by 12, not 17, but by 12, there's not a damn thing Donald Trump can do or any any scheme that he might cook up that can stop that victory from happening. So when you start to look at these leads in Michigan, the lead that he has in places like uh, Pennsylvania, it may only be five or six, seven points. But if that happens, if we make that true, then there's nothing to be to fear. Um, there are mechanisms, there are networks that are going to call those states. He'll be in the face of trying to undo what will be obvious to everybody. Uh, and I think we're already seeing signs that some of his supporters are starting to give up. Um you're start, I mean, that's why you're or 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 just moved on decided. That's how you get to this 54, 42 nationwide CNN number um, in that kind of an election. Uh, it's just really difficult uh, for somebody to go steal 12 points, folks. 
uh, and we again the flaws in our system tend to be exposed by the close races right the the florida 2000 race everything worked fine everywhere else right but in that one place it exposed a flaw uh 2016 in you know exposed uh what you know how the electoral college actually does matter even though we should have learned that lesson in 2000, it exposed it again. I think you've got a campaign, the Biden campaign, who understood that, is laser beam uh, focus on those three states. Uh, by the way, is hired and has on, on staff, I'm sure, some of the best election attorneys uh, across the country and volunteer uh, attorneys that are part of uh, the voter protection in these states and others. I just think that in the end, the one thing we, that's what the campaign, the campaign has to take on all the legal stuff and, and the vote counting and things like that and how they're counted and, and, and the voter protection. That's all legal and it's all, you know, things that they've been planning and working on for months. Uh, and Mark Elias uh, and others in the party who've been leading on that for us. Uh, the one thing we can do, and the only thing we can do, um, is to vote, make sure our friends vote, and and get to the polls, have a plan, and run up the score. The more we run up the score, the more we make it easier for the campaign and those lawyers uh, to shut any game down that they may play. Joe, our listener question this week comes from uh, LinkedIn. We're actually really a global phenomenon at this point. Uh, it's from uh, former Howard Dean photographer, John Pettit. And he's asking, uh, how will COVID impact exit polling? And how will they be able to ask people how they voted? You know, when I saw this one, I went, damn, I hadn't thought about that. I haven't, I haven't uh, gosh, John and I, I mean, that's like, you know, years and years ago, right? Uh, 2003, 2004. Uh, so it was great to hear from him. But um, I, so I checked, I, I actually went to some sources that I have, uh, you know, uh, uh, work on, on the exit polls. And, and what I found out is that the, the Fox AP, Fox News voter analysis is entirely conducted by phone and internet. There's no so there's no social distancing involved at all. I, I think they're doing this, you know, calling um, people, uh, asking them that they voted, doing this on the Internet as well. And, and by key demographics and key precincts and geographic areas of the state. Uh, so there's no social distancing involved. And as far as I know, this is the first time anybody's tried to do anything uh, like this. Um, the NEP, CNN, NBC, all the other networks... Uh, do have an exit, exit poll in person uh, component, and they uh, say that they're ensuring that you know masks are used, that they stay six feet from voters, uh, that they're offering uh, unused pens uh, so that voters can uh, fill out the questionnaire from a distance and then uh, uh, put them down, and they'll collect them. Uh, and they they, they uh, did a trial uh, process of this earlier this year. Um, and it worked. Uh, so we'll see. But I think right now there's two completely different exit polls out there. 
Um, AP in the past, as I said earlier, has been sort of the gold standard. A lot of networks won't call us a, a state unless AP does. Um, and then, of course, the NEP exit poll. Uh, and I did ask, I was kind of curious, like, you know, are you guys going to, you know, are you sharing your exit on Florida and comparing it? And the answer uh, uh, with my sources was a unqualified no way. <laughs> uh, and that, you know, after they both uh, release their exit, uh, there's still, I'm sure there's going to be uh, a lot of analysis about, you know, who was right or wrong. But the other thing about this, and this is my point, uh, it's actually good that there's two because they both have a big interest in being right. They don't, you know, you don't want to be... All the other networks got it wrong, wrong, and but you, you know you want to be the one that got it right, and so I think by having these two exit, uh, different kinds of exit analysis out there, it's going to be they're going to be very very careful, I think, about uh, getting out there uh, and and being wrong, and I, I and I do again I've said this before I've been on the you know been. An analysis on uh, analyst on MSNBC, CBS, uh, CNN, and Fox, and I know those decision desks, and I know how careful they are, and how strongly they have to believe that a state is gone before they'll call it. And so I think I think it's going to be very interesting to watch those two. And thanks for that question, John. It's, it really uh, made me have to think. Thanks for listening to that trippy show. A reminder, if you have a question, please submit it on iTunes in the review section and help uh, by you know giving us a, a favorable uh, five-star rating there. And you can also email us at thattrippyshow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Go volunteer. Make sure you vote. And we'll see you next week. And go back and listen to the Mike Murphy's, uh, the previous episode on Tuesday. I think there's a lot of really good information there. Uh, And it was a real fun uh, uh, episode to be on with him. Uh, uh, Just a great friend over the years. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.